Happy Saturday to you, and welcome into a very special weekend here on Sports Wrap. Uh, I'm going to just dub it. I don't care what Chris Lipford says, our sales executive. This is the unofficial start to the 2021 Pure Michigan Golf Tour here at Crystal Mountain. Uh, and, and we already got a round in today. I don't, I don't even really want to share the scores because they're, well. You don't have to. Good. <laughs> Are they in the triple digits? Maybe. Slightly. Slightly. We got there. Uh, but it, it's a, it's a fantastic, if you've never been to Crystal Mountain, I mean, just get here. It's a fantastic place. It, it, you're in a, it's a, it's its own self-contained little city and the golf is fantastic. Today we played Mountain Ridge. Uh, myself, Nick Roddy, Chris Lifford, uh, our, our account executive, and some guy named Guy Gordon decided to show up today. And then I told Chi Chi, no, no, you got to keep that elbow down. <laughs> and... Dude, you're never going to make it. Get the elbow down. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Were you speaking to yeah. me? Yeah. So let's talk about your chipping on 18. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the skull session that I had? Okay. Oh, we when, were all there. When, when you come, and what did I do when I came off 18? Oh, you were uh, like, a, like a PGA pro. You I went right to went, the green. I right immediately to the went green. and I threw up on the practice <laughs> green, and then I started working on my chipping. Uh, one of the things that, that is fantastic about the Mountain Ridge course here at Crystal Mountain, uh, it, it's, it's not an overly challenging course. It's kind of a shot maker's course. Lots of elevation changes. There are plenty, there are, uh, you know, plenty of sand traps and, and other hazards for you to hit. Um, but it's 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 a relatively forgiving course, and if you're looking for a you know, and, and we're going to highlight a lot of those as the week goes on uh, this next week. But if you're looking for a, a really, uh, it's a really good up north course. You know what it is? It's fair. And if you come to a resort and you want to have fun and you want to play golf, you want the course to be fair. You can make it tough if you want to be. You could move to the back tees and tell everybody that you played from the tips and be a miserable yeah. son of a gun when you go to the bar on the no 19th doubt. hole. Or you can look at a course like this and say, it's very fair. Yeah. That you got generous uh, fairways. Even the fairway bunkers I found to be pretty good, very nice. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're going to come up here and you're going to have a good time. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. I, I'm, I've never been one of those guys. I, I played Black Forest once from the tips, and I, 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 I can't remember a worse Glenn experience. And it's a wonderful condo, do, golf course. It's a fabulous golf course. I, I thought it I was, ruined it for myself. Well, <laughs> uh, it, I, and everything has been in great condition so far. I mean, the, the winter wasn't quite as harsh as it as it has been in the past, but everything has has come up. Uh, you know, at least on the upper echelon as you start heading into like midsummer, it's, it's, it's in great shape. Well, and I don't know how many superintendents you've talked to, but I mean, I was talking to the guys up in Emmett County and they said, you know, they came off a year where uh, I think at, at one course they lost three and four greens, yeah. you know, or they had significant damage that had to be repaired and things because you, if you get a late start on the spring here, they don't repair really quickly. These greens are incredible. This was a very, very, uh, very nice winter for them. So they came out of it, Really, really good, and it shows on the course. Yeah, so if if you're looking for a, a summer getaway here, Crystal Mountain is a, is a, is an excellent option. And then uh, they've got a couple great courses. We're going to play Betsy Valley tomorrow, uh, and and so we'll. I went to high school with to, her. Yeah, yeah. What's she doing now? Uh, she's. <laughs> we'll see tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out. She yeah, she turned me down for the prom, so I've got. I'm looking forward to a rough day tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, so it's going to be fine. I mean, look, and we'll we'll talk about a lot of courses uh, throughout the week. But Crystal Mountain is where we're at today, and we got a lot to talk about. I, I'm excited because uh, as we get into into the show here, we're, we've got some some uh, information on the Lions and Todd Gurley, and and I'm excited to to lay into LeBron a little bit. I think he's a bum, and I'm excited that he's gone. I'm excited that he's really out of the playoffs. I didn't know that. For I didn't yeah. know that about you. Yeah. yeah, yeah my, when I talked to you uh, on my show yesterday, uh, yeah. my, my headphones actually erupted into flame when yeah. I asked you about well, LeBron. Well, I mean, look. So at the phone and, lines. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so we, we got a lot to do. But, but in terms of what you are going to see here golf-wise at Crystal Mountain, um, the, the tee boxes are great. The fairways are great. The the rough can be a little rough sometimes. There were some areas where I'm like, you know, you're thinking we're playing the memorial here with with some of the the lengths of the roughs. But, but you're not supposed to go there. Just saying. I spend most of my time there. Okay. Or around many many trees, which wasn't t- totally uh, uncommon today. Here's the other thing. We also know that if we come in and we bring our families, the kids have have to have something to do. The pool is great. They've got a dipping pool that's terrific. The fitness center is wonderful because I went and I know it doesn't show. Walk by. I, I no. I work. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm working on some physical therapy for some problems I have. So I was doing that, and then that doesn't um, fix your golf game. I don't know if I mean when you guys pulled in and you looked at this little village that they've created here with these very quaint, colorful uh, bungalows and things. I mean, they you almost you know you feel like you've entered a different space. It's yeah. a little like the Truman Show to some extent. You're kind of right. You know, Absolutely. you come in and everything's a different color and everybody's yeah. cheery and and you've got the ice cream shop there. Yeah. And it, you enter a different place, which is where you want to be when you're on vacation. Well, for sure. And and in terms of other sports offerings, look, Crystal Mountain. There's a there's a it's a whole full scale, a fully operational ski lodge. Not at the moment, but in the winter. So you have all the you have options both in the winter and in the summer here at Crystal Mountain, and and the options are great. Did you see? I mean, Jake's not old enough for it yet, but did you see kind of the playground over there that they have? It's almost like a a high ropes course for little ones and i mean so if you come here with your family the, yeah. and your wife doesn't play she's going to have plenty of things to do you're not that far from traverse city which is great shopping great shops cool stuff so this it's a great great location uh so uh, what are you expecting tomorrow just based on what we saw today at at mountain ridge um i i, I imagine a lot of the same tomorrow. no what i what i saw of it i think I'm, we're going to see a lot more elevation changes mm-hmm. Um, similar to maybe what you might experience at a true north. So I think you may have some billy goat uh, where you're going up Good. and going down, and I, I think that's I think that is is fine just based on what I saw. It, one of the great parts of up north golf, one of the great parts of, of many of these uh, courses in our state, is they are challenging and beautiful in different ways, and that's you know we we got a lot of that today. The views are great here too. Yeah, we the, had a nice view off of uh, what was it, sixteen? Sixteen. Yeah, between fifteen and sixteen, the vista is breathtaking. Wild. And can you now imagine that in late September, early October up here? Yeah. Oh, mind blowing. Crazy. All right, more to come. We're going to get into Todd Gurley. We'll talk to Guy Gordon a little bit later, uh, and some news on Spencer Turnbull. He's banged up. We'll talk about that coming up next. Here on Sports Wrap, Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, here on WJR. All right, welcome back. Tigers win today 4-3 over the White Sox. 
they got a date tomorrow uh, to round off that four-game set. Uh, so good news on the uh, win-loss front, but bad news as Spencer Turnbull hits the 10-day IR with a strained forearm muscle. Uh, so that'll put him on the shelf for, for 10 days. Uh, th- this pitching staff, Nick, has, has turned into a, a, certainly a strength for this team. You, you look at what Casey Mize has done, obviously Spencer Turnbull uh, with the no-no uh, just a, a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, Tarek Skubal has looked good, looked good today, 11 strikeouts. I think he had 105 pitches through five innings. Yeah, just one run, uh, his third win of the season. So certainly the, the pitching staff has, has or is at least in the midst of solidifying themselves as a strength on this team. But now you, you get a little bit of a setback here with Turnbull. How about Eric Haas? The yeah. catcher they brought up has hit his – hit two home runs today. Yeah. He has now seven home runs on the season as a rookie. I know he's an older rookie. He's played in quite a few games. He's still technically a rookie by Major League Baseball standards. Seven home runs, 11 RBIs. Yeah, and he's batting 266. Miguel Cabrera also going yard today. His 492nd home run for his chase of 500 home runs. Yeah. So he's eight shy of 500. Uh, look, I, I, I think that the, the Tigers have figured something out. They're at least uh, making contact with the ball or putting runs across the plate. So, you know, I, I, I don't think this is a huge setback, but you, you just worry that Turnbull kind of, you know, you get into a groove at some point. And you don't want him to stray too far from that. No. Uh, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Hopefully it's just a 10-day uh, stint on the uh, injured list and he comes back ready to go. Uh, all right. So that'll be uh, tomorrow. They'll finish out the four-game set uh, to see if they can at least split it. Meanwhile, the, uh, the team across the streets, the Lions, uh, have, you know... It, coaching staffs, general managers operate differently. If there are, there are coaches and staffs that are real secretive on who they're looking at, looking to sign. And then there are coaching staffs that are very much out in the open. I think the last staff uh, was a little more of the former. They weren't necessarily keen on just rolling out information for other teams Dan Campbell came out this week and said, look, uh, there, there was a report, Adam Schefter put it out, that said the Lions were interested in Todd Gurley. There's obviously a lot of history there uh, with Brad Holmes and and now Jared Goff. Uh, but Dan Campbell came out, and he was asked about it in his press conference during OTAs this week. He was asked about if they actually do have interest in Todd Gurley. Here's what he said. Yeah, look, we have interest in Todd. We do, and uh, we're, we're talking with, with he and his agent. And, uh, you know, we do. We have interest in him. But I, I would say this, just because we have interest in him, that, that does not affect uh, our feeling and our thoughts on, on both Swift and Jamal. It does not. Uh, with Todd, is that a situation that would play out here in the coming weeks? Or, you know, some bets – just come in the start of training camp. Is that something that maybe waits until the summer? Yeah, no, I think, I think if we can do it sooner than later, we'd like to, but look, we're not, you know, it's not like we're, we're going to set a deadline on it, if you will, Dave. I mean, that's, you know, we we do, we have interest in the guy, that's kind of where it is right now. So the interesting part in all of that, and and we'll kind of break it down, but at the end, it's almost like, 
um, it, it, they're just trying to figure out numbers. He's talking about, yeah, if we can do it sooner, great. If not, then we'll, we'll try to get it done as soon as possible. So there's obviously a ton of interest with this organization in Todd Gurley. Yeah, uh, going back, quick story. When the Lions and Bob Quinn drafted Taylor Decker, they had Riley Reef at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And the press conferences, I think it was still Jim Caldwell, between Bob Quinn and Caldwell. Were Caldwell saying, wasn't a guy who just gave up a lot of information. No, and it, uh, the, the media would ask him, is he going to play left tackle? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We're still working through it. And the media goes out there for the first day of OTAs, and there's Taylor Decker at left tackle. There's Riley Reef at right tackle. They, they would never answer a question. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, hey, are you interested in Todd Gurley? Yep. Yes. <laughs> hey, is Penny Sewell going to play right tackle? Yep. Yes. Is it that hard? Is it that much of a, an advantage, uh, disadvantage to give up information like this? With Penny Sewell, no, probably not. Maybe with Todd Gurley, if other teams are, are interested. And look, he's a two-time All-Pro. Uh, and he's been to the Pro Bowl three times. His best years in 2017 and 18 led the league in, in rushing touchdowns. Uh, he had 1,300 yards rushing in 2017, 1,200 yards in 2018. And, and then he's declined from there. He had about 850 in 2019, and then last year with 678. You know, you could argue he's on his decline, but he's a, a running back who knows the game. He, is, he it was at least at one point uh, one of the best at his position. That will only help your running back's room with a guy like Jamal Williams, and certainly for the benefit of, of DeAndre Swift in the future, uh, this is what is uh, this is what's important for this running back room. I know you got some news. Yeah, uh, CBS is reporting that uh, leader at the memorial, John Rahm, has tested positive for the coronavirus this morning, and oh. he just finished his round. Uh, I think he's six up on. Uh, yeah, he's in the lead by six yeah. strokes, and he just tested positive for coronavirus. He will be required to withdraw. Um, oh, so we'll no. see. Oh, that's terrible news. Well, not only okay. I, I all right. believe it's been. I, I believe he's had two positive tests today. Okay. Well, there you go. So, um, all right. So then, who was his? Who was who was his partner today? We'll have to look that up. Because obviously, with the the proximity, well, I mean, it's going to come down to testing, right? At this point. Oh boy, this this would be this would be an interesting development just in terms of, uh, you know, welcoming fans back into the into the onto the these courses. Um, I, you know, I that's that's a tough break for John. Ryan. You know, my biggest concern: stay away from Nicholas. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, he's he's an. He's ash, already had he's, it. He's, has he? Yes. Jack he and he and his wife. Had Did he? Okay. So I mean, he was a leader going in. So he was with Patrick Cantlay and Scotty Scheffler today. Wow. Yeah, he lit it up. He was yeah, on he was on fire. fire all day today. Yeah, we were going to talk about that in the last segment, but geez, well, I there mean, you go. My goodness, that's uh, that's terrible news for John Rahm. Why it, was there any update, Nick, on on his? I mean, was he is he feeling all right? I assume uh, I'm not seeing that. Why wouldn't he be vaccinated? He's he he's, well. He's surrounded by people on a daily basis. He is in a, you know a high traffic business where he wants to be out on the course every day. Jeez, oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, look. Uh, 
maybe this is where maybe that changes for a lot of these guys. Right? You, you, you can't be in front at a, at a tournament like Memorial and then have to withdraw because of COVID. That's terrible. That's awful. Six-stroke lead on Colin Morikawa. So Morikawa was not with him. Colin Morikawa and Cantlay uh, finished six back. They're tied for second. And they are all hiding in their bungalows at Memorial tonight. They are all in quarantine. Absolutely they are. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if if, uh, we'll have to try to pull it up. Anybody with serious red numbers is going to be bunkered. That's too bad. Wow. I, you know, it's, it's, you, you know, that is such a tough course. And to see a guy tear it up the way he did today, and he, we've known he's so capable of that. What a shame. Mm. Um, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can find out further on this, uh, just in terms of logistics now. We'll see if the PGA comes out with a statement, um, and we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, uh, you know, we can continue our discussions here on Todd Gurley because I think there are implications for DeAndre Swift, for a guy like Jamal Murray. What does it mean for them? Dan Campbell says it doesn't mean much. It sounds like that there's the, the, the room in the, in the rotation if Todd Gurley signs for all three of them. So we'll talk about that. And I'm going to talk about that bum LeBron James coming up next too. Don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap continues here on WJR Next. All right, so breaking news. John Rahm forced to withdraw from Memorial after testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, he was up by six strokes. And now the PGA has come out with a statement. Nick, I know you got that. Yeah, so on the evening, this is from the PGA, on the evening of Monday, May 31st, the PGA Tour notified John Rahm that he was subject to contact tracing protocols as he had come in close contact with a person who was positive for covid Per the tour's COVID health and safety plan, Rom was given the option to remain in competition and entered our tracing protocol, which includes daily testing and restricted access to indoor facilities. Rom has remained asymptomatic. Rom has tested negative every day, but in his most recent test, which was performed at the conclusion of his second round, rain delayed, which ended today, and before the start of the third round, returned positive at approximately 4.20 p.m. while Rahm was on the course. The PGA Tour's medical advisor requested a confirmatory test on the original sample, which came back at 6.05 p.m. and was also positive. The PGA Tour's medical advisor notified Rahm immediately upon completion of his round, and under tour protocols, he will be withdrawn from the competition. Rahm now remains in isolation in accordance with the CDC guidelines. He will need to remain in isolation through Tuesday, June 15th. All right. So the good news is he's asymptomatic. At least at the moment, he seems to be all right. The bad news is he's out at the, at the memorial. Yep. And there's no word about uh, who he played with in this statement. Uh, he played with Patrick Cantlay and Scotty Scheffler. Cantlay is now in second place. So is that for two weeks? When did they say he's? Uh, when he's in what, yeah, what's isolation his, until yeah. uh, the 15th of June. So that's 10 days, which is that the new CDC guidance? I think it is 10 days. So, all right, well, there you go. So does he have to stay? Is he staying wherever he's staying now at Memorial? I would Uh, assume. I'm sure he's going to get a private jet back home. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Wow. So that's, that's uh, crazy. I mean, look, I, what, what's wild is 
Um, just looking at the PGA Tour Twitter account, 30 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, um, they posted about John Rahm is on another level right now, and they're showing some of his highlights from today. Yeah, so, he's also been taken off the leaderboard on ESPN. So there you go. So he's he's done. His weekend's done. It's crazy. I mean, look, and this is kind of where it, it it's really most it's glaring. It's also defending his memorial title. He won last year. He death on Colin Morikawa. Colin no, Morikawa. John Rahm won okay. the Memorial last year. So either way, I mean, look in in golf, it's incredibly the the spotlight is on because it's on you. So when you test positive for COVID, you're out. It's not there's no team sport here. It's not like, you know, if uh, if LeBron James mysteriously comes down with some illness and he has to <laughs> leave the floor early. Nice segue. Uh, and and this it's not as it's not as glaring. Um. God, LeBron James, he's a loser. And and I only say that because it's true, he is. But when you are down by 32 points with six minutes to go, I I think it's obvious. I mean, the chances of you coming back are slim. But when you leave the floor down 32, not only leave the floor, you go back to the locker room with just under six minutes to go because you want to start your treatment early. Uh, To me, it is the highest level of disrespect to your team. You, You bailed. He absolutely bailed. And I, I... there's no doubt that he's one of the most talented players to ever to ever play the game. But how how are you as a teammate of LeBron James gonna you know sign up to play with this dude again? I mean, I, I, is that overstating it? I think it's overstating. I mean, ah. he still gives you a great chance of winning the championship, the NBA title. I believe personally that this has to uh, there has to be a hit on his career here. I mean, there has to be, you you can't just be the guy all the time and then do something like this and you just get off, you know, free and clear. I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible what he did. And and I'm thrilled that the Lakers got, got bounced. And you know what else is crazy? When you, when you talk about the dominance of the Lakers, you know, with LeBron James, you talk about the dominance of, of of Golden State. You talk about all those years where San Antonio uh, were making deep pushes, final appearances, winning championships. You're looking at a situation now in the NBA where every team in the Western Conference is, is somebody that hasn't been to the finals in years. Years. So, yeah, one of these teams will be in the finals. The Clippers Mavericks have game seven uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Or tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, like 3.30 I think tip is. Phoenix, Denver, and Utah. Or the Clippers or Mavericks. Sure. So since 1999, these are the teams in the Western Conference who have been to the NBA Finals. Spurs. Lakers, 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 Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Mavericks, mm-hmm. Spurs, Lakers, 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 Mavericks, 
Thunder, Spurs, Spurs, Warriors, 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 Lakers. I'm just, I'm thrilled that somebody else is going to be in there. And, and you look at some of these guys that are on these teams, Devin Booker, Jokic, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. These are players that are kind of on that cusp of being superstars. So, look, it's not like LeBron James ain't going to be a superstar. It's not like Steph Curry isn't going to be a superstar because he's not going to make the finals. But these are guys that the, that the league can continue to build around, market around. These are guys that are good players and that you're going to see here in the conference semifinals what these guys can do. Yeah, and it's not quite the same in the East where there was that dominance between the Lakers and Warriors, but you're going to see new blood too. I mean, you have the Bucks, Nets, Hawks, and 76ers. Trey Young, Joel yeah. Embiid, Ben Simmons. Mm. Granted, you can have Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving, James Harden if the nuts if if the Nets make it, but hey, you got Gian- hey, Giannis has never made an NBA Finals. Nope, nope. And when was the last time Philly was in? In uh, Philadelphia in last the made the finals 2001. 2001, that was with Allen Iverson. Yep. I, so, look, I, I, I'm i thrilled that we're getting at least a, a, a mix up here. And then, you know, uh, I think the Knicks are going to be a team in the future that are that are at least they're building towards something. Yeah, they're building. They're not they're spinning building their wheels correctly. like they have. They need to get Correct. they needed to get a guy. I mean, they've got a nice foundation of young good players. They still need a superstar. I mean, and, and the rumors are they could be looking at Chris Paul or mm-hmm. someone like that. Yeah, I, I to me the NBA finals are or, or at least the the playoffs here are at, they're entertaining again. You're you're getting new you're getting fresh blood, new faces, and these teams are good. I mean, you look at what Denver's doing uh, with with Jokic, and then Jamal Murray goes out with a season-ending injury. I mean, that's arguably your best player, top two player, and and they're still making a push here. And they they've they've got a game. Uh, what is it? Uh, they start Monday. Yeah, Monday against the. Uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So, I mean, this to me is where finally the NBA feels a little bit invigorated. It feels like they finally have something new besides the Lakers, the Warriors. It's good. Yeah. It's It's exciting. It is exciting. And anytime uh, we can keep LeBron (laughs) off of this, it's perfect. Um, we, We didn't really finish up on the Todd Gurley stuff, and I wanted to get back to that because... What what do you think this means uh, for for Swift for Williams? I mean, to me, I think that there's enough room in that room. I think there's enough room in the backfield where all three of those guys, you know, if, if you know, if Todd Gurley comes here, but there's enough there's enough uh, carries, there's enough room in the backfield that you can have three guys in a rotation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year DeAndre Swift had ten touchdowns and wasn't even really. A- the main part of the offense. Correct. Adrian Peterson was really the starter yes. for the Lions last year. So I think they're just trying to play Swift slow so that he doesn't break down before the team is ready to win in right. two years, hopefully. So I think Todd Gurley could ease that uh, load off of DeAndre Swift. And maybe Jamal Williams is picks up some of the slack that on Johnson and Adrian Peterson had last year. I don't think Todd Gurley is going to come in and have – 200, even 150 carries. 
I think he could be a nice third down back that kind of what uh, Kerryon Johnson was last year and just ease the burden off DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and I think when you when you talk about the line that they are assembling, uh, I think a lot of these guys want to run. I think Todd Gurley looking at this line and saying, yeah, I could, uh, I could do some things behind them. All right, more to come here on Sports Wrap. We'll talk uh, some more golf. Uh, Bryson, Brooks, the saga continues. We'll get into that with Guy Gordon, who comes back on. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, Sports Wrap, live from Crystal Mountain on WJR. All right, welcome back. Uh, dealing with the news that Memorial leader John Rahm is out of the tournament because of a positive COVID test, so he's been forced to withdraw. Um, I, I want to play you a little bit of the CBS broadcast because this is this is it's really happening right now, um, and I want to I want to play this. This is the CBS broadcast with Jim Nance talking about the day that John Rahm has had and what a, a special day it could be for him tomorrow. So I want to play that for you now. Listen, we'll kind of walk you through it because what's happening on television is not indicative of what you're going to hear. So, Eric, if you could roll that for me. Fun, folks. Again, 2.30, special start time tomorrow, live tomorrow. Jack, look forward to sharing it once again with you, the final round here on CBS. Thank you, Jim. What's going on here? Comes off, Somebody rubbing just his head. gave John some news. Walking through a crowd of people under good. a tunnel. His caddy pushes the camera away, uh, the CBS camera away. So they are well we aware no of what's happening folks. right now. We have no idea. Jim Nance has no idea what's going on. They throw a mask on John Rahm's face. You can see just instant devastation. So if they throw a mask on his face? They threw a mask on his face. As he was walking yeah. away, yes. Okay. Yeah. So he's an asymptomatic case. That means he has a low viral load, right? Mm -hmm. As long as he remains that way and he has no symptoms tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to make the most indecent proposal uh, that, that you could make. He was a much higher risk from the moment he walked out of that course this morning until he was notified. Now he's Absolutely. A, now he's a known risk. So we know what to do. You isolate. Yeah. You quarantine. But that doesn't mean he can't play. Because he's outdoors. Put a mask on him, let him play. Mm. And you keep, him, that, you keep though, him away from contact. His playing partners can stay miles away from him. Well, if you're Patrick Cantley. <laughs> or, or you let <laughs> would them, you want? Would you really want John Rahm to be allowed to play? Would you want the PGA to allow this to happen mid-round? Yeah, here's a tweet right now. In Rahm's defense, didn't he distance himself enough from the field today? Oh. Ooh. You got to <laughs> like that. It's look. It's a tough position to be in. It's a no win, really. The risk you don't know is a much greater risk than the risk you do know, because now you have knowledge and you have the ability to take action. And the action is you isolate John. You can isolate him on the golf course. Sure. Yeah. I mean, his caddy was already with him. His caddy was already with him. He 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 comes in. You set up a special place on the range. You take two guys that have already been vaccinated. You put them in his threesome. And you Heck, let roll the him same threesome play. out there. They were with him all day. It, it, look, it's tough. And the only other thing that's tougher than, uh, you know, 
having to withdraw from the tournament, he's out 1.6 mil too. <laughs> or at least a possible 1.6 mil. That's so right. he'll be in isolation uh, about two days or one day and uh, before the U.S. Open starts. By the oh. way, I want you both tested before we play tomorrow. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that, look, it, it, it's in, that's, that's the breaking news from the PGA. It, it's terrible. I mean, it's, it's just awful. Uh, the other thing that we're dealing with in the PGA is this, and we call it a feud. It's a feud now. It's the it's the Bryce and the Shambo and Brooks Kepka stuff, and these two clearly don't like each other. And 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 we kind of talked about it last week. It started when when Kepka was accusing DeChambeau of slow play. So they he came up, talked to his caddy, said, "You go talk to him." So he did. Went up and talked to him. Kepka went up and said, look, I, you got to move it along. And he said, okay. And then it kind of just spiraled from there. And then the viral video last week of, of Brooks talking to uh, a Golf Channel reporter. And, uh, and it's audio we cannot play. <laughs> it's not radio friendly. As, as uh, Bryson DeChambeau walks behind him, uh, stepping with his metal cleats. And Brooks wasn't too fond of that and made it known. Who still has metal cleats? Apparently, uh, with with the force that Bryson DeChambeau swings that driver, he's got to have a little extra grip. They're in, they're an inch and a half. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so now this is being taken to a whole nother level. Bryson DeChambeau saying that the this feud with Kepka is something that the PGA Tour needs to handle. Said he believes that the tour will need to step in if he and Kepka's feud continues to escalate toward encouraging poor fan behavior. This on the heels of Bryson DeChambeau swinging his club and somebody in the gallery saying Brooksy, obviously to irritate him. So then Brooks Kepka went to Twitter and with his uh, beer sponsor said, look, uh, I appreciate your support. And for the fans that got booted for yelling Brooksy when ten, Bryson DeChambeau. Ten total spectators were booted for yelling Brooksy. Ten. Not just one. <laughs> they are now being given free beer by Brooks Kepka. Yeah, you know, here's the deal. First of all, I think a feud is great for the PGA. It's I think, so needed. I think a little bit of excitement, a little bit of drama, a little bit of off-the-wall stuff is good. But it can't go on the course. If fans misbehave, you kick them out, and you don't reward them for misbehavior. And Brooks Kepka is way off base for that because if that starts, now you've got, you know, look, we've got too many idiots in this world anyway. Let's stop rewarding. Well, I don't know what you're talking about there. Yeah. I take that personally. Well, when, when, um, when you <laughs> yelled, you demand on my backswing, I, you know. <laughs> is that, I, <laughs> no, you're right. You demand? <laughs> you demand? What? Um, the other thing that I'd be interested to get your, your take on, um, and we, we talked about Nicholas a, a bit ago, um, one of the, the, the things that he subscribes to, especially with guys like DeChambeau who can hit the ball a mile, I think he hit a drive today, like 360-yard carry. I mean, it was wild. Not quite as far as Phil in the PGA, but close. Exactly, hitting bombs. Um, Nicholas says that, it's impossible to expand golf courses. There's only so much land. He's right. Of course he's right. He says that the technology in the ball 
is too advanced. Now, my question to an avid golfer like you and Nick is, should we be penalizing players for putting in the work like the shamble has to improve his game and give him a clear edge over the rest of the field? Or should we dial back the technology in something like the golf ball? So long before Bryson ever lifted a piece of, of weight, okay, before he started to bulk, Jack was complaining about that. Jack's been complaining about the juiced ball for 10 years. And as a guy that has built golf courses and is the guy that was the f- probably the first guy. To, have you ever watched the old shell wor- wide world of golf? I mean, Jack was the guy that they was the first one. Muirfield. Muirfield was the first one to put in a bunker because Jack had such prowess hitting from the tee that they had to adjust the golf course. That was done because of ability, not because the ball was juiced. And, he, and what he says has merit. You're right. <laughs> All, every, every golf course has one limitation, and it's space. It's real estate, and that's monetary. Mm-hmm. You cannot tigerize, Brysonize, or even, you know, in the old days, Jack eyes every course. So I agree with him. The balls are juiced. The clubs are incredible now. And you're right. We shouldn't penalize the guys who work out in the gym, who take care of themselves. And that's a totally new phenomenon compared to when Jack was playing in the 60s. The two-pack-a-day, you know, half a fifth of scotch guys that went went out and played. How about my guy John Daly? Yeah, well, but I mean, you know, John was legendary for that. But there were guys on the tour like that back in the 60s. They had a ton of fun. Yeah. There was no discipline there. No. So, you know, let's not penalize the guys that are, are putting in the work in, in the fitness rooms and they're doing it and that are physical specimens, but let's dial back the tech. That's not a bad thing that Jack's yeah, talking about. No doubt about it. All right, well, hopefully we won't score in the triple digits, at least uh, myself. By the way, did you see the scorecard? Uh, I don't want to talk about that. The show's over. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a review of Betsy Valley here from Crystal Mountain. Uh, that'll be it for tonight. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, special guest Guy Gordon here on Sports Rep. We'll see you tomorrow.